Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. And welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. This is part three of our beautiful conversation with Somra. <laughs> Hello, Somra. How are you? I'm great. Hello, Lorenz. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. And we welcome those in our Zoom audience. This is a Q&A session. So we've heard from people that they've had similar experiences, and you're really a great guide allowing them to share their stories and actually reflect back on their experience and really see how this might be something going on in their life as well. But before we get there to the Q&A, let's go back to your story. Where did we leave off? We are, we're like right in the middle of this, but we haven't covered all your walk-ins. So right. share with us. Okay. So we left off somewhere with, around where uh, I, the current soul, Samra, came in and continued my mission and my path. Um, so I am a much more advanced soul than the souls that were in before, although they were all very advanced in, in their own right and their own experiences. And it's kind of like it's time to step forward more into my purpose as a human soul through uh, this experience we're calling Earth. So here we are. And uh, one of the things I wanted to mention about that is getting your soul name, because a lot of people wonder about that or may even don't even know about it. The, the name you're given usually at birth is what your family chooses for you. And a lot of times it's a passed down name and things like that. And it's not really you. Sometimes it's a, there's a resonance, but a lot of times it's not. And it is perfectly okay to change your name at any point in your life. I've changed my name several times. And that's one of the reasons the higher, higher self, higher self soul came in. It's like both me and my partner at the time were like, we're tired of changing our names. So can we get, can we get one that'll encompass it all? And, and that sure enough was, but, um, there are lots of ways to get your soul name and that's a whole other story but um, meditating on it wondering about it journaling about it sometimes you'll get it in pieces and parts like you'll get one syllable and just kind of meditate with that syllable and and start maybe even thinking of that as a as a vibration tune into that vibration because a name is as we talk about in the higher realms is really it's not you it's more like a vibrational representation or uh, an address is what my teachers often say. It's a, it's like an address in consciousness to find you. Um, it, there is a vibrational uh, component to it. So it's not about the words. And of course, in other languages, other star systems, we don't use English letters. So we translate as best we can. And so meditate on it, wonder about it. You have a soul name. Once you get it, calling yourself by that name, it's a choice for anyone. Um, you can... You can choose to actually take on that name now. You can choose to change it legally. A lot of us have. You can just choose to keep it to yourself in meditation, but still go by your earth name, given name. It's really up to you. But I really encourage you to discover what your soul name is because that helps bring your soul presence more into your life. It helps you to remember more who you are. And whenever you're called that birth name, it often conjures 
uh, uncomfortable feelings or limited feelings from your childhood or your life that keeps you in a certain box or keeps you in a certain energy. When you discover your soul name, that's you and you go by it. It's, it's like you're claiming your sovereignty. You're claiming who you really are, not what was given to you, not what was passed down. And so that's very, very significant. And I got, uh, I, the human got that name when I was in meditation and I knew that it had, you know, I knew it had to walk in and it took a few, maybe a month or so. And just, and, and actually I found myself, I, I was in meditating and I was back at the great meeting, what I call the great meeting or some call the conclave, the great conclave in the Pleiades back 35,000 years ago, th sorry, 355,000 years ago. And, um, and so the scene opened up, it's like, oh yeah, it's great to be here. And, and a lot of us, uh, extraterrestrial ascended masters and, and masterful beings were all gathering. And, uh, one of my teachers, uh, who's really a friend at that level, he approaches me and, and he's like, greets me. And my name was spelled across the sky, the, the ceiling, basically there wasn't a ceiling, but across my vision. And I was like, that's a strange name, my human self, <laughs> but you know, once you get used to it, 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 your human mind, you know, it's like, oh yeah. And you embody it more, it, you can feel the resonance. So I've gotten my other soul names, like I mentioned about Ananaria before, uh, how that happened and others. I was in a meditation um, to get my angel name, you know, a prior soul and I got my soul name. So, uh, I, you know, I'm just really, really enthusiastic about that and, and helping people access it, you know, and also- is Somra is your soul name then? Yes, yes. So my current soul name, and so it literally means heart light. That's that's the literal translation in the cosmic languages, but the the expanded uh, definition or meaning is wisdom expressed with compassion, and that is who I am as a soul, and it's also who I, the human, have evolved into and continue to evolve and expand into. So that was kind of like the, the wrap up of the whole Solmer walk-in part. And as we move forward in time to the early 20 teens, um, one of my granddaughters was in the womb and I was uh, really connected with her and um, really excited about her coming. And we didn't know it was a her at the time. In fact, she kind of had kind of a little bit more of a masculine energy, which is often true. That's a whole other subject that I, I love to talk about. Um, how gender is not about the body, it's about your energy. But anyway, um, we, I was meditating almost every night, you know, visiting with that being and, uh, and she was communicating with my, my prefrontal cortex, which I'd never experienced before. Um, like my, my whole prefrontal cortex would, would like light up really intensely while we would visit. And I was like, that's, that's really interesting. Normally it's through the crown or, or, you know, directly through the heart. So I asked my Ascended Master mentors, you know, what's, what's going on with that? Because it wasn't quite clear to me yet. And they said, that's a dolphin soul. Dolphins communicate through the prefrontal cortex usually. And I was like, oh, okay. So that opened up a whole other uh, discovery about that and expansion upon that. So that's kind of cool. I know some of you would like knowing about that. And so something, uh, do you have a question, Lauren? Or you, you're loving it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So somewhere around the fifth month something shifted and it was dramatic and so in our communication suddenly it was like gone like like she was gone 
and another being was there and it was a very different presence the other one was much more of a sweet you know that sweet dolphin energy this one was much more this was actually the one that was a bit more masculine energy um and it was like what is this what happened and so and it actually had some grieving with it because i was really connecting with the with the other soul but it turns out she had a walk-in in the womb and around the fifth month and I'd not really heard of that before uh, as a human. I didn't know that that really happened all that much. And it turns out it happens quite a lot, I've discovered over time. And in fact, in my matrix re-imprinting training and soul reconnecting training, they talk about that because as we're helping people heal during uh, heal all the issues during their time in gestation, we're also making note of that if that, if that comes up because there's sometimes a, a grieving that the baby needs to go through the baby consciousness human consciousness needs to go through when that change happens and 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 get adjusted to the new soul and sometimes that doesn't get adjusted to the new soul that's actually registers as a trauma and so we need to help help that uh the the adult human heal that go back and heal that so this was all very very insightful and um as i uh got accustomed to it, I started to learn a lot more about this whole thing about what's going on with the womb. And we actually talked about in the training too, things like uh, miscarriages, of course, and, and crib deaths. And I wanted to make a point here about this, um, that these things seem like an accident. They seem terrible. I know to the human self, and yes, there could be factors like chemicals and different things, but the soul knows what it's doing, all right? And I'm just gonna, gonna share with you honestly, and you can let this land however you want to in your own consciousness, or I, I really invite you to ponder it over time if you're not quite sure, um, because there's so much emotion, I see so much pain around this subject that doesn't need to be there. The soul um, is often, many souls who are new souls, who are young souls, meaning that they've had 2,000 lifetimes or less. That's a baby soul, actually. That's a baby soul. Zero to 2,000 lifetimes from our vantage point. And so they are often just getting their feet wet. They're not going to, a lot of times they're not going to just come right into a lifetime and live out a whole life. They uh, will get accustomed to the vibration of the planet they're trying to, they're wanting to incarnate into. So they'll just, they'll just get their, get their pinky toe in, you know, like I say it into the, into connecting with that baby body. And then they intend to, for the baby to be dispelled, you know, before the baby's born. They're not, they're not ready to come in yet. That's a lot of times what's going on in a miscarriage. And so it's not a failure. It's, there's a greater picture going on here. And whatever feelings you go through, if this has happened to you as a, as a mother or a couple, um, I really encourage you to, to love yourself and heal those feelings because there is a greater picture and you're not a failure, okay? Even if it's happened several times. And yes, there are factors, you know, like is the, is the womb space compatible or the genetics compatible? All of those things are factors. But the souls know that. And so they know they're not going to be able to be born. And so they're just getting their, their, their feet wet. They're just getting accustomed to the energy, especially for Earth, because Earth's energy is so coarse. Now, it is the rising, okay, as, we're, as, we're, as, we're, as it's eleva elevating and, and ascending slowly and steadily. But it's still very coarse compared to most of the, the universe. <laughs> and so 
a high vibration coming in, it's like, woof, it's very, very difficult. So a lot of times they have to, they have to just touch base and then pull out. Um, the same goes with crib deaths. A lot of times, sometimes the soul will carry on and, but then, you know, die, uh, the baby will die, uh, not long after because they don't intend to continue. Now, occasionally the soul is like feeling it out, you know, and it's like, okay, I've got this plan, but it's not going the way the soul had intended because this is part of the game and going to polarity, right? The, the soul knows a lot of factors and can assess things and timelines and all of that before it comes in and choosing the, the parents it wants to come through. But once the baby's born, it's, there are factors that are a little out of control. Now the soul does have control within a certain spectrum, but what happens is as the psyche begins to develop beliefs about itself, um, like, uh, you know, oh, um, I got smacked. That was painful. I must be bad. It's like very rudimentary beliefs because the because ba the baby is their neurons are like are forming like I said last time millions of times a second so they're learning about their environment nature designs us that way but when we get conflicting confusing information that sets up a conflict in consciousness and the consciousness of the child or the baby self can't uh, doesn't have the capacity to understand oh mom's having a bad day and she reacted because of something from her past and and the, the, the baby consciousness can't sort all that out. It just knows, ow, painful, what did I do? It must be because I stood up, you know? <laughs> I should sit down more often. Literally, that's how it happens. And beliefs begin to form. And then before you know it, you've got an adult who's very sedentary, when in fact it goes back to a trauma all the way back then. That's, you know, it's better to just stay still and seated. That's one of countless examples. So as those beliefs form though, and we form identities around them, like I'm bad, you know, I must, I, I must not be good. I must be doing something wrong. This is, these are all those confusions going on in the psyche. Then it, the, the, the baby and the child begins to draw experiences to them in resonance with those beliefs. And this is how a lot of times bad things happen to good people or children. Okay, now there, there's more to the story, but this is a, a big, big factor a lot of people don't understand. That child is thinking, that child is feeling from the get-go, okay? From conception on, that vibration, that consciousness is formulating. And so every single thing it experiences impacts it. And then it makes an assessment and a conclusion from it. And so if you're constantly interpreting Oh, there it goes again. Like older siblings, a lot of people overlook this. Older siblings can be very traumatizing to younger siblings. And there's, there is tremendous amount of damage that older siblings do that I've helped many, many people with. Um, I call them little parents because when you're birthed into a family and there's older siblings, they, they're gods too, also, as well as the parents. And they're just dysfunctional children, you know, trying to cope and keep up with what all's happened to them. And then they're passing it on to you. They may be bullying you, mistreating you, that sort of thing. All of that goes into your identity. And so you'll begin to attract more and more of that if you make those conclusions about yourself. Because the world does not treat you how you treat them. Others do not treat you how you treat them. So many people believe that and they, they're try they're like, oh, but I was nice. Why was, why was he mean to me? It's like, because people don't treat you like you treat them. 
They treat you as you're treating yourself in your consciousness. That's how it works. If you're being disrespected, that means something inside you is not respecting you. Everything is a reflection, folks. Your life is a reflection of what you believe about yourself, not what's true. If you're being mistreated, that's not the truth about you. It's, it means there's a belief that goes way back in childhood, as well as past lives that you've taken on, okay? And you're a magnet for those experiences. That's how the universe works. You know, we call it law of attraction. Law of attraction is working 24 seven. It's not like just because you visualize and meditate and you're manifesting a house or a car or whatever. It's working 24 seven. You are emanating vibrations all the time and drawing to you uh, resonant experiences. So that's where this stuff comes from all the way back then. Do you have any questions, Lorraine, or you want me to just keep rolling? <laughs> Well, thank you. I love this. And I know that we're all looking at our own childhood experiences and, you know, I love my sister. However, she did teach me some things that were just like, uh, bread crust was snake skin. And I mean, so though, the, I mean, it was just a joke to her, but very right. traumatic to me. Yes. So, um, clearing it out. Um, and all right. So you help people work through this. Um, and actually change their belief systems, bust out of belief systems. I just want to say real quick here that we call that BS because they really are BS, but um, amazing. So how, how do you find it is for people to break out of these belief systems? Because once we do, wow, everything shifts. Yeah, it shifts your timeline, shifts your reality. So your emotions are usually your guideposts, okay? Whenever you feel any little bit of anxiety, uh, anger, anything, it's triggering something from the past. Anything after eight years old is, we say, is a rerun. It's not about the current situation. It is a, a replay of something, you know, a, a seed belief, a seed experience in those first few years of life. Those first six years of life, you actually don't have a formulated identity yet. Now I'm talking psychology here, okay? In child development, you're actually bubbles of consciousness and you're actually very much in the moment and you're experiencing things and whatever, however people treat you, whatever's going on in your environment shapes how those bubbles of consciousness coagulate into a core identity. If a lot of trauma happens during those first few years, particularly violent trauma, those bubbles of consciousness don't coagulate at all or don't coagulate correctly, so to speak, into a core identity. And you have many, many different identities. And really, that's true for almost everyone. There's just a broad spectrum uh, uh, of the extreme, you know, from very basic to extreme uh, as we get into things like uh, DID, um, dissociative identity disorder, and different things like that. So that's why you have different parts of you that, that like, one you know, part of you wants to be with that person. Another part of you doesn't like this other thing about this person. So one part of you wants to, you know, be a millionaire. There are other parts of you that want to, no, I just want to stay small and keep it small. These are all different selves. They're not just beliefs. And I don't see this talked about enough in spiritual uh, development, uh, you know, trainings and, and, um, speakers and that sort of thing is it's identities are the problem. 
just as much as beliefs is when a belief is repeated over and over again and gets reinforced by experiences and the, the child mind keeps going, okay, there it is again. I can't have what I want. You know, every Christmas I want this and I don't get it. You know, there it is again. I can't, I must not be able to have what I want in life. Literally we make those conclusions and it goes on and on year after year. And you don't remember a lot of this stuff. Okay. It goes on year after year until what it comes, what we call concretized. It concretized and formulates into an identity. And it's no longer a belief of, I can't have what I want. It becomes, I am someone who can't have what he or she wants. I am someone who cannot have what I want. That's different. And that's major. It's very hard to get to those things because they become normalized. And then you think it's who you are. And then when you try to go change this stuff, right? So you go to a healer, you go to energy worker, you do this, you do that. And it doesn't budge, you know, or you get a little bit, but you don't really change it. You're not seeing the change in your manifestations or whatever. It's because there's something in you identified with the belief. You believe it's who you are and that's how it is, period. And so that's a lot of way to focus. What I focus in in my work is getting to those identities, literally going in and talking with them and helping them and guiding the client through that process as well going back and helping their younger self. It just depends on what technique is appropriate for the moment. With EFT tapping, often I will vocalize what those identities are saying, the one that's that's related to the issue the, the client's working on. And I'm basically speaking for that identity. And when the person speaks it as we're tapping, suddenly then it comes forward and they can see how absurd the, the belief is. They can see this, oh my gosh, I'm believing that this is who I am and it's not. And it's very hard to get to these things by yourself because like I said last time, you've got these bypasses avoiding it. Because if you're so comfortable and used to who you think you are, even if it's not you, and even if it's uncomfortable or producing uncomfortable experiences, if it's familiar, the ego will cling to it. Okay. And so you will not see it. You will not be able to get to it. You'll not be able to transform it unless you do the massive spiritual surrender thing. That's what surrender is about is surrendering these false identities and you're surrendering to your higher self, your, your soul self, really your true self. And so the ego has to let go. And it's a challenge because the ego is addicted to what it thinks is safe. And that's one of those core things. If, if, it's not you that's not safe. It's that false identity that's not safe and is afraid that it's going to die and feels it's going to end. And so it will cause you, it will distract you. It will cause you to be too afraid to go there, to make that change. It will blind you and you won't be able to see where you need to go. This stuff is challenging folks. And now is the time. Now is the time to get to this stuff and heal it, especially you star seeds. If you want to step into your mission and your life purpose, you got to be healing this stuff. This is your purpose right now, especially as we're going through the end of the year. If you want the outer changes to happen in this world, you got to be the change. Okay. The outer world's reflecting the inner and each one of us, each change we make is changing the global timeline as well as your personal timeline. Wow. Okay. That's great. So we can see the power of our love in healing this within ourselves and really bringing forward new earth. Uh, you know, we're all in these individual reality bubbles, but we're all doing it together as a collective. And 
I just want to commend you for the work that you do. And I want to share a brief experience that I had with you. I believe it was right after the last show that we did, part two. And it was about change in my life. So without going too much into that story, I was questioning, where is this resistance that I have about certain things changing? One part of me really wanted to just make a change. <laughs> and another part was like just sabotaging it, distracting me from it. And I was starting to witness that pattern. And it was really interesting when we had our conversation. And in just a few moments, you helped me identify a missing love from my mother. And it, for some, for my conscious mind or my ego mind, let's say, I couldn't even draw the pattern or that connection. As you said, I wouldn't be able to see that for myself. But the way that you asked certain questions took me from something over here of why am I doing this resistance? And then it immediately clicked with me and tears started flowing and everything. And it was just really great. I had to spend some time to continue to integrate that but this is the work that you do and every time we do that work it is changing our dna isn't it absolutely absolutely it's 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 deleting that trauma code on your dna okay and now puts you on a new trajectory you know that where where you are now someone without that pattern and so that pattern's not controlling your choices and your destiny anymore. And it, so you're now freer to choose more from your soul self rather than the false identities, ah. which is automatic, by the way, you, you guys, you're, 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 you know, you're creating from your false identities much of the time. If there's yes. anything you don't like in your life, that's what's happening. It's a reflection of something that is not you that you're believing about yourself and you're identifying with. So these are your clues. These are your keys to show you what you need to resolve. Anything that's not working for you in your life, anything that's not the way that, that feels right and on purpose for you. All right, beautiful. Well, I want to just give you a moment. Did we finish your story with everything that you wanted to say? Okay, we're already uh, almost 30 minutes yes. in. All and right. we're going to, this is a Q&A show, so hold on, everyone. We're going to answer your questions, too. Go ahead, Somra. What's the next part of this story? Okay. All right. So uh, when uh, I took my Matrix re-imprinting and Soul Reconnecting training, um, we had to go, we did the process of going back into uh, conception and womb work and we had to, to trade off with partners and most of the people in this class were psychologists and uh, or psychology professionals of some kind and um oh interesting an interesting side note the instructor asked me took me aside and said would you be willing to come up and speak about walk-ins uh and and your experience because i want to make sure that that the psychology professional professionals understand that this is not a mental health condition and i was totally honored and thrilled to do that and to my amazement and my joy they peppered me with questions even some were, were uh, Christian and they were, they were like, you know, this makes sense. You know, it, the, the walk-in thing. It was beautiful, their openness. And um, so if anybody thinks that that's another world, you know, there are plenty of metaphysically open psychologists, uh, um, therapists, counselors, that sort of thing. And it's very important to help, to get help with these things, to heal. And just look for those types of professionals 
for you because these traumas do need to be healed. They cannot be spiritually bypassed. And that's a term spiritual bypassing. Google it if you don't know what it means because there are a ton of people in the spiritual world doing this. And that is basically using your spiritual practices to avoid, actually avoid going into the more painful areas that you need to heal. So that's a whole other subject I, I could talk on another time. But anyway, when we paired off, I thought, uh-oh, how's this going to go? Because I'm a walk-in. And I had not gotten up and spoken about that yet at this point. And um, so I was telling my partner I, I, what, what I was seeing was, as she was guiding me, I said, I'm seeing uh, a being, uh, a male-oriented being with a hat. And he's standing with a series of people behind them. And they're all me or something like that. I can't remember how I actually said it, but I'm like, how much do I say about being a walk-in? And she, she was quiet and listening. And she said, I know you're a walk-in. <laughs> I, said, I said, that's right. And so I was able, we were, you know, the universe works everything out. So we were paired perfectly. And so it actually worked, even though I wasn't the original soul born into the body as we were doing the, basically what I call a beginning of life reset. And that's, that's in one of my special offers, um, from this, this podcast. And so Basically, I saw what I call the architect of my body. I got his name and everything, and it was a reunion. And I just had tears um, pouring down my face as we're recon. It was this beautiful experience of, oh, okay. So, so you guys, when listeners, when you are a soul presence and you're deciding to incarnate, there's a team that comes together. It's not just about you choosing parents and a body. There's a whole team coming together. And a lot of them end up being your guides and angels in this life, but they're literally constructing how your body's going to be. Um, like we've talked about DNA a lot, all that kind of stuff. Um, so there's sometimes there's one, sometimes there's many. And in this case, this was the, this was the chief architect on the job. And, um, so in a way, he's like my real father, so to speak. I don't identify, I never identified with the family of origin in this life. But um, when you really meet who your real um, soul family is, it's a whole new life. It's a whole new life. And you start remembering who you are. And for me, all the puzzle pieces started to come together. One of the significant things about that part of the story is that the soul always has contingency plans. It's never just one track, particularly the older soul you are, because you're going to be going deep, you're deeper into the experience and more levels and all of that. Um, you embody more presence, more wisdom, more awareness. So if, let's say you moved away when you were young, your family lived in one place, they moved to another place. The soul accounts for that, you know, your mom or dad didn't get that job that moved you away and you end up staying in that place. And so it plans out timelines, variations and that sort of thing. And so sometimes there might be a walk-in involved in that process um, to take, if, if this happens, then if, if A happens, then B happens kind of thing, then we're going to do this. And so the, the plan, basically I was seeing the contingency plans. It wasn't absolute that all each of those souls were going to walk in, but it was like a relay. You know, you take the baton for this period of time and you're going to take the baton for this period of time. And the more advanced souls are, a lot of times they're not going to come, they're not going to be birthed in through the body. They just, they don't need to. Um, they, they've done that thousands and thousands of times. They're ready to come in when it's time to do their mission. So that was a little bit I wanted to say about that. 
And we also learned about walk-ins in the womb, like I said, and that training. And I began to wonder. And soon enough, I discovered that I had a walk-in in the womb in my fifth month. And again, more pieces started to come together. So that original soul that was had started, um, it was going to be a very, very difficult life, a very difficult childhood. I talked a little bit about it, just a, just a little bit about how difficult it was um, in the prior interviews. But um, that original soul is kind of like, eh, no, this is, this is not what I intended. This is going to be too much. And, um, uh, and so another soul is like, Hey, I'll, I'll take it. You know, I'll take the body. It's kind of like a used car. You know, it's like the car's still good. If there's anybody want it, wants it, you know, there's a put out an ad in the universe and someone, uh, will take it if there's enough resonance, you know? And uh, I'm putting it lightly, but there's a whole lot of, there's agreement and planning and all of that that goes on, of course. And it's not that the soul wants to die. It's, it's just about, it's about, this isn't in alignment with what I had intended. It's not that, it's not terrible. It's not dramatic. It's just, nope, this isn't a fit. Next, I'm going to move on. I'm going to find a different body, different family to come into and, and, and attempt my goals. Do you think that those are the walk-ins are other aspects of your soul, the monad parts of you? Is it all? I mean, apparently we all are one, but are they different souls? Okay. Or soul aspects? Yeah, we touched upon that in the first interview, so I'll kind of reiterate. If you think of a um, soul, is like. When we think of it in the spiritual way, it's this essence. It's just you're a ball of light. You know, we're all balls of light floating in 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 the infinite, you know. Um, that's the high, high level of things, okay? And as the dimensions were created, and I do mean that literally, as they step down or density step down, uh, we began to, to coagulate and take on more form, more of what we think of as form and then becoming a body and a consciousness and step, 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 step down. So on the high, high, purest level, you're a ball of light. You're a ball of light, okay? Glorious ball of light. And as it steps down and it begins to divide, by the way, and really I'm, I'm, I'm using my hands here like a linear thing, but it's really more like a cell dividing. So, you know, we, we talk about... Um, uh, conception and that sort of thing, you know, there's, there's the, when the egg and the sperm join and then they form this one cell and then that cell begins dividing within itself. Okay. So folks think of it more this way rather than linear. We use terms like high and low and all of that, but really that's not the way the universe is. Think more in terms of expansion and so, and concentric circles. Okay. So it's dividing within itself. You are within your soul. Your soul's not in you. I talk about get in your body and get your soul in your body. Yes, it is, but that's just a, a portion of your soul. Your soul is all around you, is massive. And you, your human self, is a tiny speck within the massiveness of it. And when you really begin to tap into that, and in your meditations, I know some of you have experienced this, that expansion, you're expanding into more of yourself. And that's what you want. You want to connect with that. You want to dispel fear. You want to heal that. Okay, yes, you need to heal your traumas and that sort of thing. But also when you really recognize who you are, a lot of times that fear dissolves within the massiveness that you are. Fear is kind of like, 
you know, I'm this tiny thing and here's this big entity, the government or whatever it is, okay? You shift your perspective, you realize you're massive and anything that's created on earth is very, very tiny. Very, very tiny, including what we think of as the dark forces that are running this planet. They're just child's play. It's just, it, particularly for those of us advanced ETs, it's just silliness and it's, it's, it's on the way out, okay? Shift your reference point of your identity. You're a magnificent, powerful soul. You're here to live that presence. You need to heal any beliefs that say otherwise. It's not your ego that's powerful. Your ego is powerless. And that's a part of the humility is accepting that. And the ego becomes integrated into the soul presence of you and is now operating in harmony. You don't lose your ego. A lot of people teach that. That's not a good thing. Your ego must be here. It's not bad. It's a mechanism for interface. It's the programming into, into your ego that's faulty. And so as the ego surrenders, 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 you release these false identities, you integrate, your, your ego is now in harmony with your soul and you're making choices from your soul self, not the programming in your psyche. And you talk about, you know, manifesting and having a powerful, loving, joyous, fulfilling life. That's what I'm talking about. Beautiful. And I know that people really would love that. Um, so let's go to some questions. You were talking about um, miscarriages and crib deaths. And what about abortions? Has the soul chosen that as well? Well, you know, I know this is a touchy subject, but I have to be honest with everyone. The soul knows what it's doing. The soul knows it's going to be aborted. It's simple. It's a simple fact. It's a potential. There's different timelines. There's different possibilities. Okay. And I'm not in any way condoning one way or the other, you know, um, I, I come from a much, much bigger picture. It, you know, is, you know, like animals, uh, people who have pets and the pet is stays sick a long time and they could, if they could, they have to be euthanized to, to die. A lot of times it's because the humans are so attached to the animal, not because the animal can't make itself die. It's like locked into this codependent pattern. Okay. Humans get so attached to things being a certain way and right and wrong and all of this. If you're thinking anything is right or wrong, you are in polarity thinking. Okay. That is not how oneness works. Love allows, love allows, this is an experiment. This is a realm of experimentation. And so the soul, again, the soul is, it's, it's, it's often a, a young one and you know, it's not, not had many experiences. And so it's like, okay, this poor person's not going to carry the baby to term. She'll be, uh, a, or there'll be a great opportunity to come in and just get my feet wet and, and connect with the vibration of earth. And, and then we'll be extracted and we'll try again when we're ready. So that's my experience folks from, and I'm, I'm transmitting to you from outside the matrix. Okay. In the beliefs of right and wrong and, and it's terrible and all of this and judgmental of others that is inside the matrix thinking. Okay. You're in the illusion. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. And, and by the way, you can talk to the soul and sometimes the soul will miscarry, you know, but it's usually the, the, the mother or the, the couple has to go through a process because that's not an accident either. And struggling with it, maybe 
you have a family lineage that's, that's carried judgment about abortion. And you need to go through that process and love yourself through it because now you understand why you had to, why a person can't take that child to term, how that would be inappropriate for their life path. So there, there's always deeper levels of meaning and learning in all of this. So happy exploring everyone in your own journey. All right, here is a question coming in from one of our earlier shows, but it really is interesting. And this one is just fascinating, this information, by the way. Here's the question. Is it possible walk-ins can cause a change of blood type? I've experienced a lot of changes with people and things falling away, even a feeling of detachment from certain people. I also just got my blood type tested, and after being O positive all of my life, I am now A positive. Could this be a sign of a walk-in? I love that question. I love that question. Thank you for, for submitting it, because I have honestly never heard that before. However, I have a few things to back that up. Um, yeah, I think absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So we know that in studies of uh, people with DID, dissociative identity disorder, now there used to be a term called multiple personality disorder that is now obsolete. There's a lot of stigma to that, a lot of misunderstanding about it, and it's not freaky or anything like that. It's actually quite common. And so what happened, what in these studies, what happens is when, a, when a, another personality is fronting, as we call fronting coming forward, their physiology changes. So you could actually have a personality that has diabetes, but you, the main identity, doesn't have diabetes. When that personality comes forward, you test positive for diabetes. When that, when that personality steps back, no diabetes, okay? And even eye color changes I mean, just wild stuff. When you get in, you know, Holographic Universe, if any of you have not read that book, that is a classic, The Holographic Universe. It's, you know, every person in the metaphysics needs to read it. Uh, real stories, real studies. And the, the first chapter or so is a bit, you know, quantum physics, science. But once you, after that, you get into stories that'll just blow your mind, okay? So eye color changes sometimes when the other personality is fronting. Um, so... With that, that's just on a personality level, okay? From a soul level coming in and changing your blood type, sure, sure, why not? Uh, I know that Jay-Z Knight, the channel Jay-Z Knight, who channels Ramtha, okay? I was actually going to share that info with you, but you know it, it's fascinating, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, she did She had uh, did a blood test, um, did the, the DNA testing, DNA right? Test. Yeah, like where you send to these different places where you have to test to see your ancestry. Okay, now keep in mind, folks, that that is working with a database that's based on Earth. It's not facts, okay? It's not, it doesn't encompass extraterrestrial DNA or anything like that. So they can't, they can only tell you based on their database. So she had her blood tested, uh, her DNA tested, and it came back and talking about different ancestry. Then she brought in Ratha, this powerful ascended master being, right? had the blood tested, sent it off under a, a code name, you know, it's a, a pseudonym, and it was a completely different ancestry, right? Is that what you're going to say, Lauren? Yeah. Yes. That it was really up. fascinating. Um, um, and it was a cheek swab. It was a cheek swab, just one of those real simple cheek swab tests. Okay. And she, I, I just find that fascinating that the DNA is different when she was channeling. 
as you were saying, when someone presents in front of you, right, the DNA can change. And so that's really what's going on here. Yep. Yep. And as we become more relaxed with our identity, see, those of you who are interested in things like shape-shifting and stuff like that, you know, we all have these potentials. Uh, these are all part of our potential. Y you really can't do that. Most people can't do that until they have cleared their false identities because part of what holds this form is you're too identified with it as you. And so you're not going to be able to, to learn how to shape-shift until you're willing to become malleable with your consciousness about who you are. And the more you let go of these false identities, you're identified with the soul. Well, you got all kinds of powers and abilities coming online. Yep. Yeah, that's the byproduct of all the healing that we do within ourselves. It's these new abilities coming online. All right. So, Somra, let's have you talk a little bit. I know you're still going to, we're going to answer more questions and you've got lots more to say. But there's ways that people can work with you. And we want to point everyone to your special offer button right here on this webpage and you can work with Somra. It's a beautiful healing session for yourself and getting into the deep issues that you may not be aware of, some of these identities. So tell us briefly about those. I know you've mentioned it before, but uh, you can give a quick overview of that special offer. Yeah, a quick overview. So, so the first one is the sound channelings that I do. I'm a sound channel. Uh, among many things and these are from events live events that I did and we uh, you know edited cleaned them up and made them into wonderful meditations you can do on your own and each one has its own subject that can be you could just listen to it anytime but it's about the sound hitting your body it's not so don't wear headphones when you listen to them just have some sound the best sound quality you have and they can help facilitate transformation. Sound is one of those things that bypasses those blocks and gets to those places. It unlocks codes, activations, um, can help clear trauma patterns that you actually don't have to address. We don't have to address every single one, but we do need to connect with specific ones in our journey in order to reclaim, consciously reclaim the wisdom from them. So sound has that ability to get to those that you don't have to necessarily become consciously aware of and clear those blocks, get things online, and so I have one for, uh, it's called renewal and it's great for when you're ready to go through a transformation and renewal or rebirthing kind of experience, just a refreshing like springtime. Uh, one is the angel channeling and help you, uh, open up to your, your angel gifts and, uh, the gifts that they're giving you. And, um, the other one was the 1111 event. And that was, uh, you know, accepting more self-love and which everyone needs to do, you, you know, you can't love yourself too much. And I wanted to, to address something that I didn't say last time, Lorraine, because I didn't hear you. You talk, When I was talking about loving yourself completely as ascension, um, and you said that's not narcissism, though. I want to make a really quick point. Narcissists, true narcissist personality disorder, which is a serious disorder, folks, and, and that's a whole other subject, and it's, it's all over the place in humanity, and it's, it goes disguised. True narcissists hate themselves. They do not love themselves. It's actually a misnomer. And it's based on a Greek story, you know, Greek myth story where a boy fell in love with his reflection. Okay. And that's where the name comes from. But actually deep down, narcissists are extremely wounded and they are insecure, extremely insecure, and they hate themselves, not love themselves. That's ego stuff. We're talking about your real self, loving your real self. So in that sound channeling, that can help you uh, experience more of that. So I think the next one is matrix reimprinting. 
which is a process of uh, where we go to the origin, go, we go into the matrix field of consciousness, okay? And I'm not talking about the matrix like is in the movie. It's basically a state of consciousness or a field where patterns are held, beliefs are held, identities are held, issues are held. And all of these things are still there. All time is now, you know? Being in the now is connecting with past, present, and future. Not the past is gone. The past is never gone. All time exists now. And so when you're in the now, you can connect with anywhere you need to go in the now. And that the now is your past, present, or future. And so we go to that place where the issue started. And sometimes it's a past life, uh, but a lot of times it's from this life. And uh, we have interaction with that younger self. We help that younger self. We help shift perspectives. We help awaken awareness. We don't impose anything. We want to hear what, what your younger self has to say that that's information you need because it's puzzle pieces you need that you gave away in some sort of trauma or unpleasant event that you don't even remember a lot of times. You need that piece back. You need all those pieces back to become your wholeness again and live your purpose and presence and embody your soul presence. So I'm taking all of that into account. I'm not just doing a technique, okay? I'm doing specific energetic work at the same time behind the scenes and helping connect all kinds of dots in your consciousness while I'm guiding you through this process. And you're the hero. You get to go help your younger self. You participate and you gain the wisdom from that. And that's the key is gaining the wisdom that your soul wanted to gain from those unpleasant experiences. And it's not in vain, you know? It's like, oh, okay. You, you know, nothing was purposeless or senseless. There is a reason. And if you're approaching it adversarially, you want it to just go away, then you are pushing it away and you're not healing. You're pushing, your, you're delaying your healing and your wholeness. So I provide a wonderful, loving, safe space where we can just go there and just collect those parts and really help them and give them what they need. We shift your quantum reality through a specific process and literally change the timeline you're on now and in a big way. And I always go for as deep and as full as we can, get you as far as we can in one session and in one moment, you know, but um, this can be done continuously. You can continuously work with me. We can just unravel everything in your history that was conflicting and find the places then that you don't remember. So we often start with what you do remember. And then of course, there's the beginning of life reset where we're using those techniques, uh, of matrix re-imprinting EFT, which is tapping on acupressure points. Um, we're going to come back. I'm going to come back later and talk about uh, EFT because it's so important for your evolution, awakening, and ascension. Such a great tool for massive transformation quickly. So sometimes EFT is integrated into that session. Matrix reimprinting was born out of EFT. And the beginning of life reset is where we go and reset your life and we help clear any of the trauma or any of the issues around your conception, which there usually are a lot, um, beliefs that may have been brought in from the mother and the father. And we, you know, heal all of that. We, we actually help set up the environment to be conducive to your highest calling and your greatest joy, rather than getting all the, you know, the bad foods and drinks or whatever your mother ingested and the vibes that were conflicting. If your parents argued, um, or just tension folks, it's not what's said, it's also what's unsaid that is very problematic to uh, a gestating baby and a child growing up in that environment because the child can feel the vibes. You can't hide it as an adult, but the child is confused because the par parents are presenting one thing 
and the child is feeling a different energy entirely. And so you grow up confused and conflicted. All of that needs to be healed too if you want to step into your purpose. So beginning of life reset, we're working on your gestation process. And then I also do matrix birth re-imprinting if you want to continue working with me and we rewrite the birth. But uh, we don't change what happened. We change certain things in the environment, the energies of the environment. We change and give your baby self what it, what it wanted to feel comfortable and okay. And now it's not a shock. Okay, I can do this life. You get to meet your soul. I did, did one for someone yesterday and it was just beautiful. And she's like, oh my God, I'm meeting my soul. And it was just such a beautiful experience, not just introducing the baby self to the soul, but she was meeting her soul. And there was a whole lot of wonderful transformation that happened with that and it's ongoing. So I help with that soul merge because that most people are not really merged with their soul presence. Most people are in their body only to their neck. Okay. Um, particularly intellectual people, academic people, they, they are not in their body. They're not in their heart, but a lot of star seeds, they, they're in their heart, but they're floaty. You know, they're not, they're not quite integrated into all their chakras. They're not in their mental body and need to be some star seeds are not in their physical body and they need to be. And so all of these healing techniques help you become fully here and land. A lot of star seeds haven't landed yet, you know, and I'm, I'm passionate about helping you land, get confident, clear what you need to feel empowered in this life, but you can't get there if you're fighting and avoiding this life. So I help create a safe space where we can clear whatever it is that makes it seem so unpleasant, feel so unpleasant. And yes, vibrationally, this planet can be very unpleasant, but you don't have to be powerless to that. You do have the power to shift your perspective, but it's not a mental game. It's not affirmations. Affirmations are great to a certain degree, but you're still operating in a very small portion of yourself. So I'll show my drawing really quickly. And I showed it to her last time. This is my drawing of the unconscious mind that I perceive. It's a, it's a generalized drawing. This is your consciousness. And every single one of these are little compartments where trauma, distress, confusion has been held and locked away and frozen in time. This is what I perceive in people's consciousnesses. And they keep forming and forming, forming year after year. Like I said, the beliefs get compounded year after year after year and reinforced and what you're left with is this tiny little opening right here that I call the conscious mind. And most people are trying to heal and use their techniques, whatever their spiritual practice with their conscious mind. And it's only touching what's here. It doesn't touch this stuff, folks. You need help to get into these compartments, unlock them, release them and gain the, the, the wisdom, the gold that's stored there, the precious parts of you, the joy, the freedom, that got locked away, uh, your exuberance, your enthusiasm, when you wake up every morning, you're meant to feel deliriously thrilled 24 seven. That's how we are in the fifth dimension and higher. If you want to be in the fifth dimension, let that be one of your goals and let that be a, a sign that of parts of you that aren't there yet. I'm not hundred percent there yet, but I'm getting there because I've healed a lot of this stuff and I've reintegrated it. So basically erased these walls and have very few left. Now I'm very conscious. Uh, my conscious mind is more, much more of me. And that's the process. I call it like excavating. It was literally like excavating into my field and excavating into my brain. I literally felt pain in my brain as I was getting to some of these parts because I had very, very heavy, heavy duty trauma 
um, from my childhood. And I did it. And yes, I'm a master at it from many, many worlds. And I come here to help you awaken your mastery to that ability to, to go there to those places. But you do need help. And you need someone who's been there to be with you. I'm not afraid of your pain. I'm, there's no story of abuse or tragedy that I'm not familiar with, okay? And I'm not going to go into in this, this conversation what my abuse was, but it was very significant. And having embraced that and having healed that, I embody more of my presence into those spaces that were locked away. And I can hold that space for you, a, a vast space for whatever you need to walk through and heal and resolve for yourself. And so these are these special offers that are there. They're just the, the starting point. Um, we can accomplish a lot in them. I also have an evolution booster, which is kind of a general session, and I can bring in various techniques. You know, EFT, uh, uh, bilateral stimulation, that's another one that uh, helps. It's like EMDR, you may have heard of that. Um, uh, those are powerful techniques in healing and getting to these places and healing these, uh, these locked away parts of yourself. And so that's also a session if you have some of these questions that... Um, you know, spiritual questions, things like that you can bring to the session. I am a facilitator, so I'm not just a spit out answers person. I want to awaken your knowing. My job is to facilitate you and connect you with your power and your knowing within yourself. And that is a true teacher, by the way. Any teacher who withholds the, holds the information is not a true teacher. A true teacher is, is here to awaken and help you connect with your inner knowing and your power, your soul presence. That's where it's at, folks. So those are my special offers. Use them because I only usually work with people who are in my programs. I have much bigger programs where I take you through longer processes. This is your chance to get a taste and, and let someone like me assist you. Just we'll go there and it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It will be okay. It's beautiful. I want to just say one more time as it feels like you are working with everyone in this audience right now just from this conversation. Uh, I witness in my own life how you and I, we've been working together here now for a few weeks, and it's just amazing. You are working on subconscious things without us really even knowing it, I would like to say, because mm -hmm. I just, I look and think, wow, Somraz, that's just amazing. And you've actually got your team working behind the scenes, assisting you. Talk a little bit about that because you're very aware of their presence. Yeah, yeah. So many of you probably know if you've been to an energy healer, like you have felt, you know, like a hands-on healer, you have felt others in the room or like, you know, the healer had their hands in one place, like on your head and you're feeling like somebody's holding your feet, you know, and that's a really cool that's kind of a, a sense of yes there are other presences everyone's got a team you got a team for this life if you're a healing facilitator or a teacher you also have a team that works through you that may be part of your guides but also maybe specifically for your profession that come in while you're doing your work so yeah i've got that team and they some come in and out you know there are um, some angels of course i'm a very very attuned to all the archangels uh, Archangel Michael's one of my faves and, um, but also Raphael, all of you, I love you. Um, we're all laughing. 
the, the extraterrestrials uh, that, that are part of my team, very advanced beings. And so you have your own guides too. So we all team up, by the way. So your guides are present. And when we're working through Zoom, same thing. Don't have to be hands-on at all. And so we're all conversing and working together. And it's like, okay, you're going to do this. We're going to do that. And everyone's working with their expertise. Different experts come in. And they all know well ahead of time what needs to be done. Because remember, beyond, the, beyond polarity, it's no, there's all, no time, right? So they're well aware. And so when the time comes that we meet, whew, everybody comes in and we start doing the work and tweaking and that sort of thing. So we're, we're cutting cords with you know, people you don't need that you're ready to let go of. The main thing is, you know, I, I don't specialize in, in clearing curses and hexes and that sort of thing. I can do it, but that's not really what it's about for me. Yes, they're very real. I didn't believe it for a long time, but yes, those things do exist and they can be carried on for lifetimes. Uh, I'm more interested in real healing. And that can be real healing, but what we find is if you cut a cord with someone or uh, remove a curse, if you haven't changed your core identity, remember, you haven't changed one of those, uh, not core, but your, your, one of those false identities that resonated with that curse, like I'm a victim or whatever, or life is scary, it plugs into that. If you don't, if you don't heal that inside yourself, you're going to re-manifest something like that you know, or that person can replug back into you. So I help people heal at their, in the inner self, and then the cords fall away because there's nothing for them to attach to anymore. That's the real healing from my point of view. Exquisite with our energy and being really aware of our embodiment. That's what Somra can help with. And that beginning of life reset oh my goodness i know many light workers can benefit from that and i know that there are some who are looking in hindsight we can look and once we identify or recognize that identity we can see where that identity is leading us down our road we can see every path that it has taken us yes so it's really deep inner work and we thank you for being here on the front lines with it. Let's go to some questions. Here is Bobby Joe. Bobby Joe's question is, how do we tell the difference between a walk-in and more aspects of our soul stepping in? I have recently went through dramatic changes in my personality and even my fear of heights is gone and I was deathly afraid of heights all my life. I have been changing over the years slowly as I continue to grow and expand spiritually. So I'm not sure if it's just an expansion of my soul. That's a really good question because it can be subtle. It can be subtle. Usually with a walk-in, there's a change in life direction. There's a uh, life pur purpose. I mean, their purpose is more of an essence. Your purpose is to, to be you. That's what you, if you're wondering what your purpose is, folks, it's to be you and be in joy. You is in joy, okay? And then the forms that takes can vary. But when there's a walk-in, there's usually a just a whole shift. And like I talked about, I was on this trajectory of, of expressing artistically and musician and all of this. And then, boom, that just changed. And now I'm, and then I became on a path to be a healer and a, a, a spiritual teacher, which wasn't really a thought prior to that. 
it's it's often that kind of change. Sometimes they're subtler, but it's usually that kind of shift. Um, but the fact that you had that fear of heights go away, that's pretty significant. And that's has the feel to me of a walk-in, you know, because those are some core, core identity things. It is possible that more of your soul comes in and shifts that. But also if you've been getting healing work, a lot of times healing work is working through what I call the back door. And it, and it, and you may be coming to a healer for a, or doing a spiritual practice or a healing practice for a specific purpose. And that's more or less to distract your ego or your mind while your soul and your team is working on these other things behind the scenes. Okay. So we've seen that countless times. One time I worked on someone and it was just her first energy work session, hands on way, way back. And she said, oh my God, afterwards, she said, my addiction to Diet Coke is gone. We didn't address her addiction to Diet Coke. That was a wonderful byproduct and it never came back. So things like that can happen. So how do you tell the difference? That's, that's the main thing to me is, is, is your shift in purpose? You know, is, it, is that whoom, just really different? And changing a lot of factors, a lot of, a lot of things that it, your interests change. Interests are a great uh, way to figure out who you are. You know, people are like, I don't know who I am. I don't know who I am anymore. I say, great. Now you can discover who you really are. Because a lot of times we're running on who we believe we are. We're what we think we should like or be interested in. But what you truly enjoy in your heart, okay, expressing, doing, experiencing, those are indications of your real self, your soul self, and your soul nature, okay? If that shifts, that could be a good indication that you are a walk-in. I hope that helps. Uh, thank you. It does. And, and I realized, Lorraine, I didn't finish talking about is a soul aspect or the soul. There, there's, the over, there's the greater soul, the ball of light, and then it divides many, many times. And this is countless times, okay? And so... When a human, when we're getting down to 3D, okay, a physical body or even 4D, when there's a, a, a walk-in, it can come from that same original soul way, way back. But it's considered a completely different soul at that point because as it's stepped down, you have a kind of a core identity soul. That's, that's the one that's lived however many lifetimes. It, that has a, it has its own independent consciousness. And then it divides into soul aspects. And you could trade out those aspects, which, which was my last walk-in happened. But, and that's the Onrika, by the way, you know, that's part of it too. Um, that's the me that's on the space station. That's the fifth dimensional self. But actually the real me is eighth dimensional self. That, that's, that's Somra. That's where Somra is. Onrika, the Somra is, is a predominantly Syrian, okay? It's been through well over 5,000 lifetimes well over multiple experiences, multiple planets. By the way, Earth is the hardest planet I've ever been on. <laughs> like I remember, if you're struggling, folks, I get it, all right? Earth is crazy. It is so many different things going on, whereas where there's other, most other planets, it's usually much more clear-cut. If it's a dark-oriented planet and there's a lot of military control, it's just very clear-cut where everything fits. This is a planet of chaos. This is a planet of uh, so many different things going on at once. And that's one reason why it's so hard to sort out. That's one reason why it's such a powerful place to evolve because your goal is to be that eye in the storm, right? Find your core, find your soul self, be the eye in the storm and keep focusing on that. Keep focusing on it. Don't be pulled off all these different directions. And who says this is right and that's wrong and all that. 
That's designed to keep you off track. So sometimes the walk-in is from that dimensional soul self, okay? And sometimes it's a, it's a completely different soul altogether. It's a complete, completely different change. And so it just, it just depends. And the completely different change, usually that person is even more dramatically different. Okay, very good. So you've had 5,000 lifetimes, over 5,000 lifetimes. Would you be an old soul? Yes. Yeah, yes. I'll, go, I'll go ahead and map that out from yes. our vantage point. The, the, uh, the extraterrestrial Ascended Master Collective that I'm a part of, we, first of all, we map out the, the construct of reality into 13 dimensions. And I know there's a lot of confusing information out there because you'll hear channels and different groups. They talk about, you know, there are only seven dimensions. And the Godhead is at the seventh dimension. Some will talk about uh, 144 dimensions. You know, you've got this full gamut, all right? Different star systems, different soul groups will break it up different ways and in different intervals. And so that's usually what that's about. Sometimes I have found that just because an extraterrestrial is channeling through someone, that doesn't mean that extraterrestrial is an ascended master. That's different, okay? That's an extraterrestrial hanging out on, you know, maybe an advanced world, the Pleiades or, or Sirius or something like that, and channeling through the channel, but that doesn't mean they're an ascended master. They just have wonderful wisdom to share and things like that. So they're a higher dimensional being, but that doesn't mean that they've incarnated into a physical form yet, even. So we divide it into 13 dimensions. And so I've found that sometimes when channels are coming through different beings, their culture, their consciousness is only aware to say the seventh dimension. Whereas from, from my vantage point, there's way, way more than that. But they think that's the end, the end of the line and it's not. Much like the Christian philosophy of heaven, heaven is basically the fifth dimension, but that's not the end of the line at all. And we continue to evolve. We continue to evolve all the way through all the dimensions. Evolution never ends. Okay. It just gets better. It just gets more joy-based here. It's more fear-driven because of the nature of survival and polarity and feeling disconnected and separate. But evolution always continues. The earth ascended masters, they're still evolving folks. And in fact, I, I wouldn't even really interact with them until about two years ago when I became aware that St. Germain had had moved up into the sixth dimension. I'm like, yay. And so I began conversing with it and Jesus as well. Yeshua, Yeshua was the oldest of the ascended masters, by the way, he's the only one who's ascended twice to my knowledge. The other earth ascended masters like Buddha, Kuan Yin, um, St. Germain, all, all of them, Milarepa, various ones, they have ascended, uh, one time and in, they're in the fifth dimension and that's beautiful. That's a certain state of consciousness. There's more though. And so a lot of extraterrestrial ascended masters would come and visit the earth ascended master and say, Hey, there's more, there's more. And they were kind of doing their thing and they're very committed to helping earth awaken. So once St. Germain stepped into the sixth, he, 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 he awakened into the sixth dimension. Boy, he is so much more fun to be around because he was more mental before. And the earth ascended masters, most of them ascended more through a, uh, an intellectual process, not all of them, but he was definitely one of them. And he rocked it. He rocked the esoteric world, believe me. And I said, anybody who can ascend in the 1800s, you, you have my, my reverence because phew, that was a dense time. But just to kind of give you the scope, it's much, much bigger. 
it's all much, much bigger. And so uh, a, we map it out in terms of soul ages, and it's just a reference. It's not good or bad or anything. Everybody's exactly where they need to be in their soul's evolution. A baby soul is anyone who's had zero to 2,000 lifetimes approximately. Okay, you're, ju you're still just getting familiar with polarity. And after and 2,000 to 3,500 lifetimes, that's a young soul from our point of view. Young souls uh, are, baby souls and young souls are more like, hey, let's try this, let's try that. They're, they're not focusing on wisdom yet. They're more like sampling a lot of different experiences and gaining, and this is where a lot of karma is built, what we call karma. Uh, by the way, we have a whole different perspective of karma. Karma is definitely not, you did this to, to me, you know, or I, I, I'm experiencing pain because I afflicted pain on someone else. It's not a one-to-one -one trade, folks. That is a religious, a 3D religious belief imposed on a bigger concept. Karma, from our vantage point, is it's a belief that got held in consciousness that then draws to it's an unresolved belief that then draws to it experiences that reflect that belief. So when I say we, you know, clearing your karma, you're clearing beliefs and identities again, okay? And so it's just stuff that's left over from other lifetimes. Basically, it's stuff that's left unresolved. It's not about good and bad. That's still polarity thinking. It's not about you cannot be harmed. You're a spirit. You're a grand spirit. They cannot be harmed. You can have the illusion of being harmed, okay? And you got to walk through that, believe it, feel it, feel like a victim, process your grief, process your pain, your anger through all of that. It's all valid and why you're having these lifetimes. Why do you watch a movie and there's like stress and there's pain and all of that? Well, you're in the movie, that's all. And it's just a movie, but it's very, very real. It's a hologram, holodeck. So you go through it and then you come out the other end gaining awareness and wisdom. And that's the point of karma and, and you're accumulating all that and then you're resolving it. A lot of us are here resolving it and especially the old souls is why we're here. So the baby souls and young souls, they're more in the exploratory mode. A lot of the people who are famous, even in the spiritual world, a lot of times they're actually young souls. Not always, but that's, that's just a fact. Usually the older soul well, they're not interested in fame. They're not interested in fortune. They're not interested in any of that. It's, I mean, we accept it for sure, you know, fine, if that's what's appropriate. But, but fame, you become kind of a slave to. And, and if it's ego-based, that's, that's, that's young soul learning. You know, we're past all of that. Um, so that's kind of a reference, okay? The leaders of the world, they're usually young souls, okay, or baby souls. They're not, they're not old souls. Old souls are more into the inner process. It's all about the inner and the rich experiences and what the depths of what you can gain and evolve through in your process. So a lot of us, of course, we're hermits. We like being alone. We like quiet, that sort of thing. Uh, so 2,000 to 3,500 approximately, young soul. 3,500 to 5,000 lifetimes, intermediate soul, what we call intermediate soul. And that's now where you're gaining some ground. You're going, hey, wait a minute maybe manipulation isn't the way to go, you know, to try to get what I want to, where I want to go when I'm incarnate. I'm going to try a different approach. I'm going to try, um, you know, love, or I'm going to try kindness, or I'm going to explore this or that. But again, it's not about right or wrong. A story has to have a villain, okay? Polarity has to have 
a dark and a light, and a, a full spectrum in there in order to have variations of experiences that we can't have in oneness consciousness. And an old soul is 5,000 years or more, basically. If you're getting into like, you know, really long lifetime, like, like you know, 7,000, that's usually a, what we call a stubborn soul, a soul that's not getting it. So just because you're old doesn't necessarily mean you're super wise, but usually you are. And occasionally there's a, one of my granddaughters, in fact, she is step-granddaughter. She's, she's actually an old soul. We would consider her an old soul, but she hasn't had that as many as 5,000 lifetimes. She is just so advanced that she has gained so much wisdom from her lifetimes that she's, she's more in that understanding, more in that advanced understanding. So we do see that occasionally. But that's kind of a generality to get a sense of, of where, where you are in things. And it's all good. It's all okay. Yes, it's all good. It's all okay. And I know that my son is a very old soul. Yes, he's an old soul. And um, we are the youngest souls in our family. <laughs> <laughs> or he's the oldest soul in our family. Oh, all right, yeah, thank yeah. you for sharing that. Well, we have more questions coming in. And here's one, a comment, actually, from Anne. With the 3D energetic situation going on, how is it not possible advanced or higher dimensionals step in to override this corrupt, chaotic debacle? <laughs> I, I love the way you explain that. <laughs> corrupt, chaotic debacle. Yeah, so, all right, again, remember it's about evolution. It's not about right and wrong, okay? People have to wake up. What is holding up all of this debacle is the unresolved stuff in the individuals that are occupying this planet, okay? It would not be there as an outer reflection, as within, so without. It would not be there. It would collapse tomorrow if everybody got on the stick and really got went within and healed their trauma, went within and went to those scary places and loved themselves through it, resolved it, released it, healed it, okay? They are now a reflection of that. And all the chaos, you've got chaos inside you. You've got conflicting things inside you. That needs to be resolved and unified. So the more unified each individual becomes within, the more the outer becomes unified and what is no longer a fit falls away. So advanced souls and advanced races totally understand this. That's a part of the, like I said, the prime directive. You can't just step in. That would do no good because then people have not gained the wisdom. People have not accomplished what they came here to accomplish, the souls, okay? The human has to wake up. The ego has got to let go of their attachment to devices and outer things that the, the belief that your outer world brings you joy. That's not how it works. In reality, you are already that, and you are to awaken to that. In the higher dimensions, we already know that. We are living it. We are living the oneness. Here, you, the, 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 point, the place to go is within. It's within. It's not fixing that out there. Go within, transform, and your outer will automatically change. You are a projector, folks. It's really, really like this. It's like your heart. Is, a, is the light inside a slide projector. And those of you millennials who don't know what a slide projector is, it was a bulb inside of a device that a slide with, a, with an image that was transparent would slide in front of and project that image out onto a wall or a screen. That's what your life is. 
and it's constantly, it's a three, 360 projecting all around you. And the slides are what's in the programming of the ego. You change the slides, that's going to change your reality and what you see around you. And so these things like manifesting tools and techniques and that don't address the inner, they're not going to get you what you want. Um, I'm a big fan of magic. I love it. I went through that process, you know, using, uh, you know, magical, not so much spells. I didn't get into it that deeply. I did in other lifetimes. That, that's a wonderful thing. But it's also, if you're coming at it from a place of manipulating the illusion, you've not resolved anything. You've not grown. You've not healed. That's not real power. Real power is becoming what you want to experience, becoming the, the real you. It's already there. Attuning to the reality of the oneness, which is love, which is peace, which is harmony, which is serenity, which is freedom. You already are free. You're just, your slides in front of your projector are telling you you aren't. And then you're living your life and making choices based on that. And you're identifying with it. And you're sad about it. And you're mad about it. And all of that. You keep projecting it. Okay. Go within. And, the, and your soul is wanting this. Your soul is trying to meet you. Okay. Your, your heart is the gateway to your soul. Not your head. Not books. Not learning. Okay. I tell people, read books. Watch movies or whatever to stimulate your own inner knowing. Not to gain something you don't think you have. Okay. Let them stimulate and awaken you, catalyze, they're catalysts. You've got what you need within. That's where your attention needs to be. Sit with you, be alone with you. Stop distracting yourself. Be alone with your feelings, be alone with your thoughts. Don't try to push your thoughts away. That's another trick of the polarity, okay, of the cabal to try to teach you to cancel out your thoughts. Your thoughts are bad, okay? That got infiltrated into the metaphysical world. I'm just telling it like it is, folks. That's a starting place that can help you let go of some negative thinking and reinsert a new perspective that's more open. But it's not that there's negative thoughts and bad thoughts, or negative, negative bad thoughts and positive good thoughts, okay? They're just thoughts. And if you can just sit in what we call mindfulness, there's a whole teaching in mindfulness. Just sit and be with your thoughts and let them float by. If you're trying to push it away, you're giving it power and it will come back. Okay. It's not going to go away. You need to be aware. Just notice it and let it float by. Return to center. Notice it. In like the Buddhist training, you know, let it float by like clouds in the sky. When I'm doing guided meditation, so let your thoughts float by. The moment you engage it or you try to push it away, you've now solidified it, made it real. You've actually given it more power. If you're afraid of a thought, you're afraid, oh no, it's going to create something negative. No, folks, it's already doing that. <laughs> okay? <laughs> it needs to be loved back into you. If you have a critic inside you, well, that's information you need to know. That's coming from some wound, some pain in the past. Well, that's where we need to go. That's those compartments I showed you we need to go heal. And then you won't have that critic anymore. You integrate it. Don't try to push it away. Don't try to fight it. You give it power when you do that. Oneness consciousness embraces, embraces all. There is no separation in oneness. Oneness has no opposite. The true light has no opposite. 
a lot of people think this battle between the light and the dark and you're on the side of the light. No, that's still polarity. That's still illusion. Okay. The light and the dark and polarity is within what I call the one great light love. The one great light love embraces all. You've lived it all. You've done it all. It's just playing out stories. They're not real. Your human self experienced it as real. In a session with me, we're going to treat it as real. We're going to honor everything that you've been through and the struggle and the pain and the suffering you're holding out your body. We're not going to try to push it away. We're going to be with it and love it back into you. So it dissolves what you don't need dissolves. What you do need is now integrated and you've got more of your power back. That's how I approach healing. That's how I approach everything. It's all within the oneness. There is nothing that's not the oneness. That's love. That's real, infinite love. Infinite is infinite. It is all. And that doesn't, that doesn't excuse bad behavior, by the way. I'm in no way saying that. Nope, that doesn't condone it. Exactly. We simply accept that as a wounded soul acting out. And I'm not going to try to love them. I'm going to be the love that I am. Love is not an action, really. Love is a presence. Be the love that you are. If you're mad about it, process your anger. If you're sad about it, process your sadness. Then get back to your center, which is the love that is all. We are feeling really empowered already. Again, you and your guides are working in the back door on us in this conversation. It's really um, unraveling us already. And I just, again, want to say, wow, Somra, you help people so deeply. And again, even with what you did with me in just a few moments, getting to a really core wound that I'm still continuing to process and honor. But um, it's, it feels like we're setting up when we do this. It's like our feet are on top of a springboard and we're just ready to go into our next level of expression and greatness and centeredness and oneness. Beautiful. You, I wonder if you could share more on your, you said in 5D, you're on the spaceship. Can you? Space station. Your space station. Yes. Tell us about this. Okay. So most of us actually, our sole aspect is on a ship or a space station right now. Almost everybody, okay? And we are, you can think of it as transmitting, but like I said in the first episode of this whole talk, I don't experience it that way. I don't experience distance. Um, that's a polarity reference point. The Pleiades is way out there. It's, it's really all right here, and it's just a shift in perspective. So it's like, I experience layers and layers of dimensional reality. So you just, it's, it's kind of like you're shifting your focus, just like with your vision, except it's all of you. It's, it's not just visual and it's presence. And, so, and you shift by your state of being. See, the more you heal and the more you are in a love state within yourself, uh, in your oneness, the more you can just make that subtle shift. It, it's, it's just all right here. And so, uh, I am a, uh, the sole aspect that I am is a Pleiadian that is uh, on the space station. 
my fifth dimensional self, which is actually a high, high fourth dimensional space station. I just stepped down for the interface through this lifetime and what the work that I'm doing. So, but it's, it's very close to, to 5D and most of us are 5D consciousness on that space station. So remember, it's a state of consciousness, your dimensionals. You can be a 5D being in a polaric reality, okay? That's, a, that's waking up. That's, that's becoming fully awakened, okay? So uh, it's a round space station, and I'm still, I, the human, and this brain is still getting to know it uh, a bit more and more because there's only so much time, right, in the, in the day that we can spend on things. But, um, you know, it looks very much like, a, like a Star Trek Next Generation, you know, that ship, um, except it's white, not tan. And uh, the Pleiadian that I am has white hair, straight white hair, very white skin. Um, we are the ancestors of the Nordic people that uh, people like David Wilcock talk about um, who live underground on Earth. Um, very, uh, you know, serene people and very uh, empowered, advanced race. And so, yeah, that's it. And so a lot of us on the station, we are have incarnates on earth and we often make plans like uh, we might try to meet in different places but a lot of us were scattered all over the planet you know just like on any ship a lot of the people on this the beings on the ship you're scattered throughout the planet but sometimes you'll agree to meet at certain times and awaken the human to certain things activate certain things um, they might plan a relationship like a romantic relationship temporarily or, or long-term, or plan a, a business venture, things like that. Um, we're, we're monitoring what's happening on Earth and making, you know, gauging things on choices that we make as our incarnate, try to get the message to the incarnate. Oh, and by the way, folks, when you hear that tone in your ear, we call that a cosmic fax. Oh, the, many of you don't know what a fax machine is anymore, but it makes that sound, right, when the fax is coming through when you pick up the phone. That's what that is, okay? Your, your soul team is communicating with you or you're uploading information, downloading or uploading information. So it's great when you hear those tones, if you can just stop, relax and just be with it. And you might actually start to get insights as to what's being exchanged. A lot of times it's beyond your mind's comprehension at this point. So don't worry about it if you don't, but you are in connection all the time. And so, yeah, that, that was my step down is the space station. So, so from the higher dimensions where I actually am, which is seventh, eighth dimension, I, uh, in a 13 dimensional model, I, you, you have to have a step down through the dimensions. You have to have, um, selves in the, in the lower dimensions, you know, sixth, fifth and so forth for the most part to operate through a physical body, a physical form, because it's stepping down the frequency, so to speak, because, because my eighth dimensional self is like, you know, he can't, can't fully embody it, but I'm working on it. I'm getting there. I'm embodying more and more of that through my Onrika self who is on the space station. And we're all one. We're all one. And when you can begin to experience yourself as, as multiple beings, you realize ultimately in the ultimate scheme of things, we are all one. We're all living one life. It's one spirit and one living out multiple lifetimes. And the more you awaken to, by the way, all of your lifetimes become one long life. So I was actually there during the Revolutionary War. I was a general in the Revolutionary War. I'd love to come back and talk about that because it's 
what I know is going to come into play in the next several months as disclosure starts to happen. Um, I was among the founding fa fathers, and I am still there. I, it, it's, it's still now. It's all me. I was in the Civil War. I was a, a sergeant in the Civil War. And I'm still, that's still me. I'm not just this human in this lifetime. The more you awaken, it becomes seamless. And it's just one expansive, glorious journey. And you have access to the wisdom, the information, the insights gained from all of those experiences. And you become, that's more of your wholeness. You are all of that and much more. And your story there also corroborates with what near-death experiences, experiencers have realized about their lifelines, lifetimes, and the oneness of it all. And so this work, this is what we mean by not, we don't need to have a near-death experience to understand it. We just simply have to go within so deeply and follow the clues and the clues are the things that trigger us and take us out of this peace and joy and love. So it's quite a personal journey and so comforting when we remember as we look out into the world that if something out there is bothering us, <laughs> whether it's um, politicians or um, societal issues or social media, that that is something within us. So go find the trigger, right? Go find the trigger and make it whole, and we will be much better off because we are here to bring in new earth, and new earth is a vibration, and we can't take our, our baggage to new earth. It has to be left and healed and incorporated. It has so. to be, yeah, incorporated. You can't, and you can't push it away. You gotta, you gotta own more of you. You gotta own it all and integrate it. And then it just becomes light and, you know, release, release the emotional struggle. You need processes, use the tools, use the techniques to release your triggers. The emotional charge is usually that first step. Underneath it is the beliefs. Underneath that sometimes is an identity if it became concretized. You can't usually get to the beliefs. You can't get to the, like my drawing if you are not processing the emotions and owning them and accepting them and loving them. Emotions are not good or bad. They're just energy and they need to be felt and it can feel really scary sometimes. That's why you need help from a practitioner, particularly if it's severe trauma. You need help with a of a practitioner to hold space and possibly many practitioners. And I might come back um, and talk more about that, um, particularly if we do some EFT training and that sort of thing. Because, yes. Uh, yes, on how to, how to do that and how to walk yourself through, how to set up a support team. Once you have a support team in place, your unconscious will start to reveal what it needs to. But until then, it'll tend to stay hidden. Because if you're judging it, it's not going to come out. If you don't, if it doesn't feel like you have the tools and the, and the support and the techniques to process it, it's going to stay where it was because you didn't have that when you were a child. And so that's why it's stuck. You didn't have what you needed to process that grief or sadness or anger or abuse. So Mra is a beautiful guide on this, as you can tell. And she's making herself available for these personal sessions. So we invite everyone to check out the special offers that she's got and work with Somra if it resonates with your heart. 
I'm looking forward to the um, beginning of life reset, actually. For me personally, I know that would be very supportive. So thank you, and I'll let everyone know how that is. I've already begun to feel some effects just working with Samra in this way, in conversation, so we can only see what more is possible on our personal transformation in those personal sessions. So I'm going to give you a moment here, Somra, to say something as we wrap up. Before I do, I want to remind everyone, we're going to hang out here for just a few minutes in our Zoom audience, because I can sense there's some people who want some questions with Somra, and that's where you can share your video. It won't be on YouTube or anything. That's our private space. So please join our Zoom audience here on Quantum Conversations. You can go to AcousticHealth.com and register right there on the web form that's available. Somra, as we say goodbye today, I want to give you a moment to wrap this up. We were going to we are going to have you on New Earth One Network. You're going to be teaching. There's so much that you can teach integrating the chakras. Um, so much. I mean, I've I've taken notes here, so we'll talk about that. But when we move about our world now and bring in New Earth, do you see this happening on a specific timeline? Or what does new earth look like to you? Yeah. The timelines keep shifting all the time. Um, and I know many of the clients I'm getting from, from Quantum Conversations is beautiful because a lot of you are aware of that. You're feeling it. It's like you wake up, okay, we're in another timeline today. We're in another world today. And it can feel very unsettling because you get on a trajectory and then then it changes again. Or you think, oh, yeah, you know, or you're, you're on course to get this job or this home or whatever and then suddenly the timeline shift again um again staying in your core and your center is key okay that's your guide and that's going to lead you where you need to go it's going to draw to you what you need to of course keep healing the stuff keep healing the stuff you know any it's not just who you are i i people talk think like add or adhd or OC, that's just who I am. No, it's not. These come from somewhere and all of this can heal. All of this can resolve. It has a purpose in your life. And this is the time, folks, to be free. And what I see is a quickening happening from now to the end of the year where it's going to get more intense. And the faction, so to speak, on the outer, the outer story is going to seem more extreme at times. Okay, they often say it's darkest before the dawn, right? <laughs> so it's going to look like really bad, so to speak, to some people. But those of you who are awakening, you know, you know, it's, it's just the old falling away. So stay the course, stay in your truth in your heart, keep healing yourself. And so before I finish about New Earth, I want to mention this extraordinary book that every starseed needs to have. It's called ET 101. It came out in the late 1990s. It is classic. It is still great today. If you Google it, you'll find it. It's not expensive. It's not a thick book. Um, so don't pay a ton of money for it. I think even on their website, if you Google it, you'll find their website. Uh, they have the first chapter on there. It is the key manual, if, if ever there was a manual, for, for starseeds and lightworkers and walk-ins. And it's funny. It's meant to be. It, it, it awakens the humor of this whole game that we're in. And this is a game. People call it the Earth School. 
ATS and the masters do not see it that way. This is a game. The school, the learning is within the greater game. So even if you've believed that for a while and you've been acting like this is an earth school and there's all this to learn and it's really hard, it's time to break out of that box, okay? And there's a bigger picture and a bigger picture and a bigger picture. Keep expanding and it's meant to be fun. So this is, this is great bedtime reading too. It will help you remember who you are and it talks about the dysfunction that you've stepped into on purpose. You chose it in the first chapter and how to awaken out of it, at least in terms of your attitude and awakening your purpose. So your individual purpose more. Another one, an old great classic is, I'm okay, I'm just mutating. This is another fun one. It's very thin, it's almost a booklet. So again, don't spend a bunch of money on it. Um, it was almost out of print, but uh, I know some people who have been ordering it when I've recommended it. It talks about the physical transmutation process you're going through, what to expect, and from a, from a different take on it. And it's fun, okay? Get in the fun mode. You're here having fun. Just like you watch a movie and you're entertained, even though there's struggle, you're in the movie. Don't identify with the struggle. Identify with the adventure. This is an adventure. And so I see, again, everyone's on their own timeline. Bless you. <laughs> Everyone's on their own personal timelines, as well as there's the global collective timeline. So the global is changing constantly. And there's, there's very little I could say that we could hang our hat on other than what most of us see is this quickening happening, more intensity and breakthrough at the end of the year. If not sooner, disclosure is a part of that, but don't be waiting folks. Don't be waiting. You're creating it as you go. I have this saying, stop waiting, start creating, okay? If you wanna see, if you wanna see new earth come faster, heal your stuff. And the outer has to change, okay? It will manifest more quickly. So if you want it to come, if you wanna bump that timeline up sooner, get on the stick, folks. This is the time, starseeds, lightworkers, and this is your clarion call. This is it, this is it. Your waiting is over and your purpose is healing yourself now, focusing within. And as we move into the next year, if you do that, then all kinds of opportunities are gonna be opening up for you in your personal life. And so many lights are gonna be waking up and it's happening steadily, but more and more lights are waking up within as people are healing and shedding these false identities, remembering and living it, not just in your head, you gotta embody it, your soul presence, then all of this dark force stuff has got to fall. It's going to fall. The illusion has to. It cannot be held up. We're holding it up by our own illusions and our own psyches, what we're believing about ourselves. That's not true, okay? You are love. You're made of love. You've always been love. You just forgot. You got distracted and that wasn't a fault. That was a part of the bigger game, the part of the bigger part of the bigger story. And now is the awakening. It's time. Thank you, Somra and Rika, for this beautiful quantum conversation. It's time to stop waiting and start creating. And so we thank every one of you watching and listening for being here today. Be sure to stick around after this closing video as we are going to hang out a few more minutes in our Zoom room. Thank you, uh, Somra. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you. Much love to everyone. Thank <laughs> you.
Thank you for listening to this quantum conversation and thank you for dancing with us to the cosmic heart. As we raise our own vibration, we raise the vibration of the planet. This show is dedicated to you and all awakening hearts as we are here to shine our bright light and amplify our love. Access all quantum conversations, special offers from our guests, and online healing retreats by visiting AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and from my sacred heart to yours, I honor your magnificent love and light. We leave you now with music from the universe. Music literally created by the universe as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. The result is this beautiful music available at AcousticHealth.com. Namaste. Namaste.